Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop. I am Wood. Made daily. With organic, farm-to-table, localized, neuralized, sterilized, scotch-guarded for 2020 repellent, available online, shipped via Amazon, not available on Sundays, but now available on thebeastradio.com. Broken Pencil Logic. You stay classy, Internet. I'm Suave Burgundy. Yeah, boy. Like we always do with this time. What's up, my guy? Another day out here in the jungle. Marked safe. <clears throat> Haven't been released. Uh, still don't have a match for WrestleMania, but mm. Creative says they got something for me. <laughs> so you ain't got to worry about not having a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Job security ran this. Baggy yeah. to securitas in this cold, cold world we living in today. <laughs> and associates. <laughs> today is Thursday, February 24th. Year of our Lord. Year of our Lord. I said year of our Lord. Year of our Lord. 2022. Hey man, and we we outside. We outside it's with, with so all this. So cold in the D. <laughs> How the fuck is we supposed to keep peace? <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, oh man, man, with so so much stuff. Um, before we get too deep into this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me put some stank on this. We want to thank Red Dog Rodney Mac. Oh. We want to thank Primetime Dante Smiley. Indeed. Need to get that book. Need to book him for a, a speaking engagement. They're on the and way. You need to book him for your show. They, they, the books are on the way for us, too, by the way. We also want to send a special shout out to the baddest man in the world, Shane Taylor. Because nothing says fuck you quite like fuck you. And. Today, we get a chance to not interview. We didn't. We didn't interview this man. Nah. We had a chance to just sit back and talk shit. We chopped it up with Theodore R. Long, Teddy Long. Uh, holla, holla, holla! This ain't Cap. <laughs> and of course, as per usual, Tony Snow is always in tow. <laughs> because you cannot ban the snowman ever. Ever, ever. So that is that is our show for today. We got stuff that we missed from last week. We'll talk about, but there have been some. The fact that these things are actually called headlines puts way too much stink on the situations. What what did I say? Um, not that long ago, on one of these very very powerful shows that we produce consistently. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I told people that um, wrestling had no real media, and because wrestling doesn't have real authenticated media, anybody with a laptop can publish a story, bruh, and it'd be accepted as actual news. <laughs> and because of that fatal flaw, professional wrestling has not climbed over the hump into 
professional sport. I love the fact that Sports Illustrated, a reputable, the reputable sports uh, publication. You feel me? Uh, is covering professional wrestling. CBS Sports. CBSSports.com is, is amazing. ESPN. ESPN, thanks to Jonathan Coachman. Even Yahoo on occasion decides to pick up an article here or there. Just um, rep- reputable news outlets with some form of journalistic integrity as far as what they report and who they attribute it to. And when things come out that uh, maybe to the contrary, they are very much in a position where they will admit um, that they had it wrong and then either print a retraction or print an update that has the correct information. Also known in the publishing world as an errata. Oh, we just learned, hit the bell. We just learned, whoa, we learned a new word today. Welcome to the Broken Pencil Booking Company Pro Wrestling Podcast and radio show infused with hip hop. In words. In words, because words words matter. matter. You fucking right. Come on, man. Reach and teach right now. So, that said, we, we say all that to say this. We've got two headlines that we got, and we're using that very loosely over the last week. Um, The first of which I just got handed before we started recording. It says, (laughs) courtesy of WrestlingNews.co, and we I love this site. Yeah, we've we've referenced them before. This headline is bullshit. Goldberg Goldberg had COVID nineteen when WWE offered him Roman Reigns match at Elimination Chamber. Dated uh-huh. dated on February 24th. Uh, today, you have our Lord 2022. Hey, Amen. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. But here, <laughs> you always, when it's year of our Lord, we got to give thanks. Hey, Trips, hit him with that shit one time. Here's the thing. Fam. Here's the thing. Fam. Yeah. You and I both have had the misfortune of having a case of COVID-19. Day one, the pay-per-view was thwarted because of a case of COVID-19. Our beloved tribal chief had fell victim. Have you acknowledged your tribal chief today? I have and will continue to do so throughout this episode. Oh, that that, that was not a joke. Sorry sorry there, tribal chief. That's what we wanted right there. There you go. (laughs) Shout out to the wise man. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out to the Ooze gang. Now, if Roman Reigns, the WWE Universal Champion, Tribal Chief, and head of the table cannot perform due to a positive COVID diagnosis on January 1, and he's on SmackDown on January 7, that should tell you the time frame that needs to be for recovering in an ideal situation, which I will definitely say you and I both had ideal situations compared to some of the things and some of the people that we've been affected by positively and negatively. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree. <laughs> I was muted. I understand that. <clears throat> uh, let me peek behind the curtain though, real quick. 
as as we are doing this show, we are surrounded by a thin sheet of ice on all of our roadways into this bullshit weather and uh, <laughs> winter storm Oakley. <laughs> yeah, so needless to say, so everybody everybody's at home. And I mean everybody is at home. So pregnant pauses, <laughs> pregnant pauses are, are because of interference from the linemen. <laughs> it, it was it was more so because you know I was sipping my apple juice. Oh, flexing. We, we, yeah, we are we are getting to it early in the morning. So you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day, or, or so they say. Yeah. So yeah, the but, be- uh, most important meal of the day is all of them. You feel me? <laughs> the most important meal of the day is the one you get. <laughs> or the one, the ones you choose. <laughs> so hey, it, look, everybody, everybody don't have choices, so it's, it could just be the one you get. Yeah, shout out to E Forty because everybody got choices. So anyway, meet your sahab, meet your sahab at the coffee table. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Now, back onto this whole COVID thing. Right. El- Elimination Chamber was this past Saturday, which the date was February the nineteenth. Uh, yeah, February, Saturday, February nineteenth. Was it? Yep. For for the the Royal Rumble was Saturday the 29th Elimination Chamber was announced that right. time frame. So, if you were announced or if you were offered a match on February on January the 29th and we're I'm and I'm, I'm really really putting extra stink on this one because. We, we know if there was an offer, it would have come on or before this date so you can actually schedule the matches they, to give to the Prince in Saudi Arabia by the 19th. You don't think that a positive diagnosis at the time of the offer wouldn't be remedied within the recommended five-day window from the CDC prior to then- the travel to Saudi Arabia the week of February the 19th? Are you fucking kidding me? Of course, but... Here, here's the thing. The average, yeah, not Khan. We'll get here's to him later. <laughs> um, most people, most people don't vet the details of a situation before they run with the narrative. And I get <laughs> control your narrative. <laughs> Shout out to EC3 coming, coming soon, coming soon, coming soon, coming, coming soon. But um, yeah, people just don't vet the details. Like, of course. If you want to travel within the continental United States, most places will require either a vaccination card and a, or both, a vaccination card and a negative test prior to boarding your flight. Within at least 24 hours or like 48 hours? Uh, believe 48. No, right. And, <laughs> and in some cases, 72. But again, we're talking about private travel. We're not talking about commercial uh, overseas airline travel. This is yeah, private. commercial. Now, this is private. So obviously, there are some things you can you can get past and get away with. But because of the safety of the tribal chief. I would believe somebody is in charge and very much vigilant about keeping everyone's safe now we've heard things to the contrary as far as when things were going on thunderdome wise but all things considered you could cause an international incident if you let even one person skirt the rules so very much so willie g had to be situated before this went down and i'm pretty sure there was a plan b 
in case he wasn't. Seth Rollins. <coughs> Seth Rollins. <laughs> but <laughs> to put that to put that headline out as though this man pulled off some amazing feat and cured COVID in three days to make it to, to this situation. Like that's that's misleading. Man. I'm, I'm past <laughs> I'm, I'm past the point. <laughs> right. I'm I'm past the point of uh, I'm no longer on campaign about trying to explain my feelings about Willie G. For We're mo, past that. Not to be confused with four more years campaign. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not we're not done with that at all. But my campaign about why Willie G is what he is, we done with that too. Cause at this point, you beat him the last three times you saw him. If I'm not mistaken. Certainly the last two, but probably the last three. Or three of the last four, whichever. And this one was the reason. This one was completely <laughs> unnecessary, regardless. We already we already expressed our feelings on that anyway. But it's completely. Oh unnecessary. no! It was, oh no! It was necessary. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm ne- sorry. I'm sorry. It you you're right for the culture. It was necessary for the for the culture. It was necessary <laughs> to finally kick the shit out of him. <laughs> it was time. It, it's just time. Like that, that bring him back for a world title match every time you bring him back, that shit's over with. Like, stop that shit. There's no, hey, there's no longer value in that. Now, now where you do have value with him is in situations like this where it's, um, air quotes, legend versus legend. Or in a situation like with Dolph Ziggler. You're going to put on a fairly decent match and Goldberg gets to mow down a mid-carder who can work and sell for him type thing. <laughs> oh, now, Dolph. Dolph, you, Dolph, 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 I, I, I want to say Dolph, Dolph had the, uh, had the biggest fuck you at the last, the last time he faced, uh, uh, Goldberg in Saudi with that super sell after the spear. Bruh. <laughs> the... The super kick as soon as the bell rings, and then the way he saw the spear was like otherworldly. It it raised the stock of <laughs> of of Dolph Ziggler every bit as much as I guess it was an ego boost for for Goldberg. But that's that's the role for him now. Like working a match with Finn Balor. Here's how you fix Goldberg: turn him heel. You turn it turn him heel and have him work the same type of matches he's been working they try that shit in wcw and it didn't work it, yeah because you had fucking morons doing it now your point your point again i'm here to help so i'm gonna i'm gonna flatten the curve on the moron younger morons but still morons look it, audience of one lipstick on the pig does what still gets you a pig pretty, <laughs> makes you a pre, makes you a really pretty pig <laughs> I didn't say I was gonna <laughs> fix the in ring. I said I was gonna fix the presentation. Okay. How you could how you could continue to get some mileage out of this? Because again, I was a guy who labeled him as uh, someone who got twenty five years of relevance off of twenty five years of milking paychecks off of two years of relevance. <laughs> oh my like that, God. That's me. Like that. That's me. Let that, I, let that I, resonate. I that. Let that resonate. This, this we're talking two generations of people have been yes. uh, coming to this world since Bill Goldberg was relevant, and the entire time a, a bag was collected off of said relevance. Gen X was still watching wrestling when this ha- when he started this. 
we're two generations deep after that. You got millennials and Gen Z. Gen Z. Yep. So two whole, literally two whole generations have come since he started getting his bag. The only one of the, I think maybe the only person to play the game better than him is either Lesnar or Hogan. Uh, I would probably say Hogan because yeah, Hogan's the goat of this shit. Good try, Terry just needs a mention. Whereas Lesnar decided that he actually fell in love with the, with the business. He's fun, like okay. Brock is finally giving you some insight into the person he is. That also makes me feel like his time doing this is probably his window is now. way shorter. Yes, indeed. Right. I kind of feel like we're. It may not be imminent, but we're moving towards the. We're moving more towards Hall of Fame inductee Brock Lesnar. Not as an active competitor type thing. And, but, and, and please believe, I think that whenever Lesnar goes into the Hall of Fame, he'll be completely done a la The Undertaker. I don't think we see right. Taker in another match ever. Right, which put a pin in the take in that Taker conversation because there's there's something that came up with that that I think is, is going to be rather telling. Okay. But my whole point with Goldberg is like, you turn him heel. And the reason you turn him, and the way you turn him heel is by telling the truth. Because the truth is better than any lie you can cook up. I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a Catholic school. <laughs> you you feel me? So just have just have Goldberg tell the truth. I'm here for the money. I don't give a damn well, about wrestling. Well, I don't that, give a damn that about was 2011 people. Brock. That was uh, yeah. Monday Night Raw featuring Brock Lesnar Brock. Yeah, 2012 and beyond. Yeah, boy. So, so, so if it so if it worked once, why wouldn't it work again? Especially, especially with the option to bring back the the wise man, the advocate. That I'm option is get... that option is. I'm not saying do it. I, I, it, I, it would be pure gold, but yeah, I ain't in the mood for doing that. The there back, are too many other people that can talk. He his Paul Heyman's body of work is too good over just over the last ten years in WWE. To have him go back and forth as a, as a yo-yo, just to follow the belt, because we already know Lesnar's going to unify the belt. I would be so. Listen, if he if he does if he does the deed for Roman to for the tribal chief and the head of the table to carry both belts post WrestleMania, can you imagine the Lesnar we're going to get post Mania? Can you imagine? Let me be the first one to go on record with this. If Lesnar beats our tribal chief at WrestleMania to unify the titles, it is the biggest mistake WWE has made since The Fiend. Hey, hey. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's that's me. I'll stand on that no matter what happens before, during, or after. But if Roman is not the person leaving WrestleMania as unified champion, it is the biggest mistake WWE has made since Hell in a Cell 2019. Listen, this... What you're saying is exactly what every other wrestling company thought back 30 years ago. Man, I'm actually 35 years ago. I'll go back that far to the 80s. Every other wrestling company had someone who was relatable as champion, but you did not like that person. I don't give a fuck. No, 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 no. We're on the same page. It's gold. The money is always in the chase. As, ev it. as evidence, when you gave Kofi the belt, you, Kofi you, got the you, belt and people lost interest. Big E got the belt, people lost interest. Not saying that they were bad champions. It's they just, were booked horribly. The agree. Only, the, only 
The only difference, like with Kofi, Kofi got six months of pay-per-view main event matches to showcase his actual in-ring acumen, but he wasn't given any other creative to make people care. Same with Big E. You gave him, what, two and a half months worth of so-called victories, and he took more L's than W's, and then you didn't give him anything creatively for people to, you know, relate or feel sympathetic towards him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's a creative indictment boy <laughs> but <laughs> if nothing Ro- else roman reigns is in his 30s in the best shape of his life all things withstanding withstanding with um you know immune deficiencies he's as healthy as he's ever been he's as over as ever he has the cr- perfect packaging lineage he's got paul Heyman next to him he's got the usos with him and the longest universal title reign going so there's nothing to say that between now and next year you don't get close to or somewhere up around the thousand day um, title reign. You have an opportunity for real history to like. Excuse me. Your um yeah you know that's hit the cough button. But um you have this opportunity. To create a larger-than-life champion. Everyone's been looking for the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. The truth of the matter is that guy's not coming. But you can create a megastar on the same level of relevance. Shout out to the Island of Relevancy. That has a different packaging on it. At some point, if Reigns keeps winning, he's going to end up being babyface without changing anything. Bruh. Because he's just kicking people's ass. And we like violence. It's the same way Triple H became a face. Triple H didn't do anything different. All he did was get hurt. And when he came back, he was kicking ass. And he was the same person fighting the same people. But the fans appreciated him more. Because absence makes the heart grow fonder, not yonder. In this case, with Roman Reigns, you keep shoving people down our throats and putting them in, in his path and he keeps destroying them mm-hmm. when do you hit the reset button you don't when, when you actually create someone who can well, beat him believably we're talking or you let the rock do it we're talking about wwe you don't do it and i was going to say the only person that's going to be able to do that is big big goose and, and, I, and I, i'm under the impression that big 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 goose has already made the decision to put roman over He's going to have to because Roman is what? The tribal chief. He's what? The head of the table. Sure, Rocky makes the money, but the money for that Rocky's making comes from movies. The family was built on wrestling. Okay. <laughs> the whole idea of, of WWE and, and its wrestling is supposed to be create the biggest stars that reside under your roof. Right? Uh, talk, yes, no? Come on. Come on. Come on. Take them to Cash cows. <clears throat> Cash cows. You, you're trying to generate revenue, right? So the way you generate revenue is have this individual who is, they've been doing it perfectly. So this is why I'm, I'm a little afraid that they're going to deviate from what's been working. Former UFC champion, former NFL player, all the different accolades that go with Brock Lesnar. And trust me, I do not dislike Brock Lesnar one bit. I understand in any other situation why you would anoint him and just let his name value carry the company. We have an opportunity 
to create an entity. Like I said, in his 30s, all the other things I just named. Create an entity that would even surpass the stardom level of what Lesnar has. Because Reigns has beaten Lesnar, what, twice this year? Mm-hmm. So, what's to say... The well, third time. Well, 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 you, mean, you mean with like this year, as in since WrestleMania of last year, right? Well, yeah, call it the WrestleMania calendar year. But he's beaten go. within the last 12 to 18 months. He's beaten Lesnar twice. Or am I mistaken? No, they haven't even. They don't even think they wrestled. They No, they did a Saudi show. He beat him in Saudi. Was that Elimination Chamber last year? No, 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 no. Whatever it was, it was a Super Showdown or whatever. What, what is that? What is the uh, Crown Fool? Yeah, Crown Fool. A Crown Royal Bag, uh, whatever. <laughs> he, he's beating Lesnar. So you beat him here because, I mean, how many times has Lesnar gotten victories over Reigns? Like, it's like Reigns couldn't beat Lesnar to save his life. They would never book it. So from that aspect, I see no reason not for Reigns not to go over. Yep, I mean, and it was a clean victory over in uh in Saudi too. That was uh that was a, a <laughs> crown fool back in uh I want to say it was back in October. That's what I'm saying. You don't see Lesnar with his his shoulders to the mat very often, right? If ever, so like, they always so he has to either way. like you or really respect you, and that short that list is short. Ding. <laughs> and it's got him and it's got to make business sense. I can like you all I want to. He likes our truth. He ain't taking no L. <laughs> he will dance with him, but guess who's going to catch an yeah. F5? Anyone now not that, named Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll probably do some comedy segments with with our truth post uh post WrestleMania or he just might take a sabbatical. I mean, hell, how that works. Les, Lesnar hit at least 3 comedy spots at uh Elimination Chamber and no one really realized they were comedy spots cuz it's Lesnar. Hell at this point, every time he comes out, his outfit is a comedy spot. Lesnar broke out of the pod, not because it was time, not because the pod was stuck, because of what? I feel like it. I felt like it. I didn't feel like being in there anymore. I love that kind of energy, which is another reason I like Brock Lesnar. F5 from the top of the pod. It does no damage to anyone. It's basically a free throw where someone lands on their feet. But what it, it, looks, it looks devastating as hell. He's got unlimited rollover on fuckets, but but that you can't tell me that's not funny because you know the you, you know the value of that of that move from that position, right? Like so, and then and then after the nut shot after he wins the belt, what does he do? He shakes off his he he shakes his nut pain off on camera mm-hmm. in Saudi yeah. in front of the prince and his family. Are you kidding? Come on, man. Because that's what because that's what real athletes do. <laughs> Again, so the greatness of Brock Lesnar as he exists right now in 2022 would only serve to bolster Roman Reigns' status. And who's younger? Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Who, who's younger? Who's got more days to make you money? You talking about you talking about Ro- out of Reigns and Lesnar? Yes. Easily Reigns. Not even a question. <clears throat> Again, and why are we in this business? We're in this business to make money. So take 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 reigns going over at, at 38 now you're building towards 39 which we've heard some things about the xfl and how it might make rock not able to to do it which are like fuck that it's gonna happen because if it ain't happening this year it's definitely happening. F- hold year. on stop stop right there so 
I don't give a shit about. First of all, shout, shouts out to Rock for being the real life Spencer Strasmore. But perfect. <laughs> but how how is it that a an event that Rocky has participated in for what at least ten times WrestleMania, and he knows the preparation for? You mean to tell me that you can't? He can't set aside six weeks from a planning schedule for a reboot and a uh, and a. A, a, a haphazard joint venture between the XFL and the NFL, of which he's the figurehead of, to do a one-off with his cousin. I, I totally agree. Bringing up anything about XFL and its its um its cap and its operations is, is absolute cap because he's part of an ownership group. He's not a sole owner. It, but again, he's the he, he's probably going to be the, the figurehead. I would I wouldn't suspect his ex-wife doing more business deals than yeah, him. He's the, he's the executive face, like a hundred percent. He's the executive face. I don't like he'll he'll be an active part of the XFL, but I don't feel like it's a situation where like you're trying to get Roger Goodell to get a window in his schedule during the the draft. And on top of that, the XFL season if 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 the season kicks off the same way it did uh before COVID struck us in 2020, They'd be in mid-season by the time they, they, they Thank you. They, they'd be at the tail end, making playoff run, getting ready for playoff runs. Which the story I read kind of used that. I'm like, no, you're missing the point here. The only thing that's going to keep him out of a WrestleMania next year is a huge movie and the insurance that goes along with it. And, man, like... Because the, mo- the whatever movie they offer him, because you know his going rate, whatever movie he ends up taking is going to be like five, six, seven, eight times what he would have made for a WrestleMania payday. Unless you're going to use all of a portion of this newfound wealth that WWE is sitting on and just say, well, look, we'll pay you for one night what you would have made doing this movie. <laughs> now, because you got it. And now, here's this too. The one thing that's kept him away has been shows and movies. Mm hmm. Rock knows the schedule. He knows that he's missed five years of WrestleMania because of this. If he wants one last payday or two last paydays, don't you think he has enough common sense and business acumen to step away from a contract because he knows that back will still be there? I'm sure the fuck would. I don't think he gives a fuck about the payday. But how about this though? How this about, about doing for us? How about <laughs> this, how, how about hold on hold on about being there for us? Hold on no hold on no. So so here's here's extra. I guess I'm be putting a lot of stink on this, but let me holler at you, Suave. How about this? All right. Do you know where WrestleMania 39 is? Hollywood. This is all set. Inglewood. Again, this is all set up for him. Inglewood, <laughs> <Yeah>, but same. <laughs> this is this, this is true. This is this is all. You're absolutely right. This is the showcase of the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you you think the Super Okay, everything you saw for this year's Super Bowl is just going to be replicated for next year's WrestleMania. Smaller scale, bigger city. Right. <laughs> De- dead ass. <laughs> so, whatever LA rappers popping at the time, I, see if it's me, I'm already talking to Kendrick Lamar. The boy. Me. If it's me, you feel what I'm saying? If if I'm in charge, I'm already talking to Kendrick. You, you already know he plays corporate ball. See, you already know he plays corporate ball well. Why wouldn't you? Right. <clears throat> I'm I'm already reaching out to Snoop to see what they can work out for him and Sasha as far as the entrance. I mean, that makes more sense. 
You you already you, you, know you already did it once in the same building. Why wouldn't you do it again? I'm putting out feelers to all all Hollywood actors and actri- actresses who we've either worked with before or have an interest in the product. Oh, I, I got one for you. How about that? Young Young Cody's coming back, right? Allegedly, supposedly, uh-huh. rumored. Right. Who's to say he's not going to be around next year for WrestleMania? Number one. Two, why not bring back Stephen Amell? Especially since he's been talking cap with John Cena. Matter of fact, there's a match for you. I got two <laughs> I got two matches for Cena before we even get to that. But yes. For a man, uh, for a mania match? Come on. <laughs> Gold, Goldberg versus Cena this year would help you sell tickets. It would help you sell tickets, but we're not gonna get it, and I don't want to see it. Now the one that they that is already creatively lined up that should happen is Cena and Balor. But we ain't finna get that. Why? Though? Only because I feel like they've given up. They've given up on Balor. Well, I'm about to say, like, what? Who? Who does this benefit? Us, the fans. Yes, it ain't always about the motherfucker. I don't want to. I don't want to see Cena. I mean, I don't want to see a, a Cena beat Balor. Who said we had to see him beat him? I, <sighs> Look, AJ ain't doing shit. He just re up. Shout out to AJ, Uncle Allen, for getting the bag. Like, what would happen because the Bullet Club is all the rage? You got a couple of members under contract, and then there's a couple more floating. Who's to say between now and whenever you don't set that matchup between Cena and Balor? Hell, it could be this year's SummerSlam. And then in the midst of Cena about to win, you get AJ to come out and do his favorite thing, beat up John Cena. Listen, if they're... Whatever whatever extra members you got, bring them out, and you get a miniature Bullet Club reunion. Speaking of, with, with the way the new bag is set up, that this is the perfect opportunity to re-sign Balor to a one or two year deal and bring in them as official Bullet Club members or or official pat because once you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. You got you get in contact with New so Japan. So we've been told. You you get in contact with New Japan, come up with some kind of joint uh, uh joint split on the Bullet Club branding for uh for merchandise because you know WWE can sell far more merchandise than pro wrestling tees. Trips tried that and it didn't work. Um. Well, again, the issue was the people that they were putting the uh, putting the merchandise on wanted money for having themselves on the merchandise. Now you don't have that option. Well, right? what it was, Trip Trips tried to buy the Bullet Club trademark. I don't now. If you decided to offer them New Japan a situation where they split money, maybe you have a better time at it. But WWE tried to buy the trademark for Bullet Club. Well, either way, I, I I wouldn't have sold that shit. Number one, if I was uh, of course, if I was if I was Anoki or anybody over in New Japan, there's no way I'm selling that. But at the same time, right now you have representation in AEW, New Japan, and uh, in Impact. But two of your former leaders are in WWE, so you have leaders. Literally, and at this point, what? Go ahead. At this point, one of them's not going anywhere. <laughs> at least for five years. Now he ain't going nowhere because AJ at fifty just yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like he's I'm with you at, at least for five years. But even still, at that point, like he's not going to be wrestling. Like he's AJ at this point is is a rest of the lifer for WWE. We can bank on that. Barring something catastrophic, it, we we can bank on him being a rest of the lifer with the WWE. And he hasn't done anything to fuck up since Uncle, he's been there. Yeah, Uncle Allen is playing long game because he has aspirations to work backstage in either a producer or an executive role. He's playing long game, and for me, for one, I can't blame him. 
Play the long game until it don't play no more. Man. It's, just do it. Lots lots of lots of heat to discuss. Lots of heat to <laughs> but discuss. But my whole and the, and to put the cap on it, once you go ahead and get Roman to, to Hollywood or Inglewood, have him do the match with The Rock, you know the publicity is gonna be otherworldly. Because it's The Rock. It's the biggest movie star in the world. <laughs> and you now think about this. You have your near one thousand day reigning universal well unified champion at this at this point, so he should we should have taken both belts and create a brand new one for him to wear around. Almost a thousand day reign against the biggest movie star in the world. <laughs> and then you beat him too. Quite possibly, by the time it's all said and done, he'll be the biggest movie star in the history of the world. Egg fucking exactly. <laughs> so why wouldn't you want his cousin to be the guy? Especially since his cousin is going to continue to be there. It's like giving all a it's, it's like giving a loser the best the, 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 the best the best dressed man role. All I'm saying is. Just because it's the most obvious choice doesn't make it the wrong one. Um, we we can we, we'll there will definitely be a lot more of this talk over the next year. We can guarantee that there will be a, unless unless something says Rocky says he's done with wrestling, and even if he if, even even if he does say that, we're going to continue to talk this shit until we actually get what we wanted. So far, that said, I said yep. two I said two headlines. There's actually three this week that were that were full of cap. You ready for the second one? Run it. Pat McAfee drags Cody Rhodes for starting a terrible pro wrestling company and coming back to WWE. Again, no no responsibility. Nothing says fuck you quite like fuck you. Pat McAfee has zero fucks to give. Mm-hmm. We know this. And he can say whatever he wants to on his platform because his platform isn't isn't monitored or uh, maintained by WWE. And when I say whatever he wants to say, he can say whatever he wants to say. And it Mm -hmm. translates to his commentary on SmackDown because as if Pat McAfee wasn't entertaining enough. Do you remember the first time we saw Pat McAfee on SmackDown? Mm -hmm. It was a total shock. We're like, what the fuck is happening here? Not only was it the total shock, what was he wearing? A t-shirt and a suit jacket. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's what he wears now. I forgot what he's wearing. Well, no, he was he was wearing a suit jacket with a dress shirt with some with some Hawaiian shorts on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which could be argued I that mean, they were boxer shorts. <clears throat> but, I mean, whatever, bro. And this is before this is before his podcast bag. This is before his show bag. So now he's far more entertaining, and not to say that he wasn't entertaining then, because we got the we got the uh, the phrase coined "bum ass Corbin" out of Pat McAfee. Which, oh my god, they derailed Corbin so quickly. Comedy gold re- off the rails with more oh with, with more with more ice and vitriol than you would have in a winter storm in the US. He should still be betting on he should right now, going into WrestleMania, he should still be betting on his own matches. <laughs> Literally going to the window. He should be Pete Rose. <laughs> he should be betting on his own matches, betting on other people's matches. He should be a deviant of gambling. Like to the point that where you have to put disclaimers up deviant. Like I'm here for that. Right. And then you have him bet all of it on WrestleMania 
which it should have been versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental title. Boy. He he lose, go all the way back to square one as bum ass Corbin, and then you put him in therapy for for gambling. So let me let me read you this Pat McAfee quote, and then we can we can um, keep moving on. This is courtesy of um, the Pat McAfee show. The quote: Pat McAfee fuck around hour. <laughs> My money, bitch, not yours. Um, <laughs> I guess Cody Rhodes is coming to WWE. I guess who cares? Him and his little friend started something, and it was terrible. We actually went head-to-head with them on Wednesdays. We beat them a couple of different times. Who cares? The hell with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> you know what this sounds like to me? A work. Pat McAfee's next match. This is exactly how it started with Adam Cole. <laughs> exactly. Now, if you give me Pat McAfee versus Cody Rhodes, at least I'm interested. Man. man. So that- if Cody shows up on SmackDown, slaps the shit out of uh, Pat McAfee for disrespecting his name... I mean, you might have my attention for real. Yo, <laughs> speaking of Cody, word, word is making his rounds that he's completely changed his look. And and the same with with that with that statement, everyone has the same response. You can't change you can't change that <laughs> whack ass tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that, that fucking neck tat ain't going nowhere. I don't give a damn what you say. Oh, you can dye your hair black, pink, purple, green. Oh man! Unless you putting that Stardust costume back on, <laughs> all the way no- all the way up to the neck. Zipped all the way up. Ain't no motherfucking hiding that neck tat. You are the American nightmare from here on out. You you did it to Ain't yourself, cuz. There's nothing dashing about a palm-sized neck tat. <laughs> not even not even if you put a porn stash on him. It's just not happening. Uh, yeah, I don't care about your stash, your goatee, none of that shit, fam. You, I don't care. You come back looking like Zack Ryder. That fucking neck tat ain't going nowhere. Headline number three. Let me see if I can find this shit. Did did you did you send me this? I, th- I swear you did. What? Uh, on on our, our our fellow Houstonian. Oh yeah yeah, Doctor Huffman. Yeah. Let's see. There it is. Headline number three. This is courtesy of WWF Old School. Booker T reacts to fans making a big deal about Brock Lesnar ending the title reign of all four Black WWE champions. Now. Someone or someone's online have has go, have gone out of their way to to recognize the fact that the last four black WWE champions, Brock Lesnar has ended their title reigns. Mm-hmm. To which, paraphrasing what Doctor Huffman Booker T has said, if it was me, he would have ended mine too. If it was any color, who do you think would have been ending the reigns? If Brock Lesnar was in the ring with anybody, that person would have would have ended would have had their reign ended by Brock Lesnar, regardless of color. Factual statement. You missed the point, though. <laughs> Factual statements on his part can't really dis- dispute any of what's being said. And from a realism standpoint, one hundred percent spot on. Factual. But here's here's the problem. Here's the thing. <laughs> hit trips. Hit me with that shit one time. Here's the thing. Here's where Dr. Huffman missed the boat. Oh, man. It's not in the, the outrage of the Internet community about, you know, race relations or whatever. However, this is where I say WWE has storyline capabilities 
that not only could break the internet, but could really bring the product into the into 2022. And the part that kills me is that you have dozens and dozens of people pre pre-designated for creative and nobody has the wherewithal considering the climate the social climate of the world to exploit this fact <laughs> you remember once upon a time when the hurt business was a thing and we were trying to get Lesnar versus Lashley booked we we even went so far as to rebook rebrand and re-advertise the hurt business for the hurt business and what and, and what did we get the original version 2.0 that got destroyed in 2.0 weeks and now you got sheldon and and cedric out here operating as the hurt business and lastly won't even acknowledge them <laughs> they got merch and neither they got and no neither representation MVP. How, how do they have how do they have merch and no representation like what <laughs> which is why i'm like i don't understand either mvp got a co-sign this or he gotta you know put put a, a kayfabe lawyer to work to get them to stop using the name it's like you're not hurt business you ain't hurt nothing but yourselves out here on camera man but that's that's this another conversation for another time <clears throat> you have the storylines and the creative aspects to really change the presentation of your product and it all stems from your real life decision making meaning it may not be it may be a coincidence that brock lesnar has ended every black champion's reign but you don't have to tell the fans that you can tell them it's by design. Less is less is all the way more, especially so you in this case. You basically, with creative language, anoint Brock Lesnar the 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 supreme being of this race. <laughs> of you, you basically with you have to do it in very clever, very cleverly. Otherwise, it's going to backfire. But that's where these dozens and dozens of highly skilled writers come in. You use the verbiage to essentially anoint Brock Lesnar, leader of the matter. <laughs> no, that's the see. That's the words matter. You gotta switch that around. You just you an, <laughs> you anoint him the <laughs> you anoint him the grand champion. Grand, oh, oh no, no, God! No. <laughs> you see, you see how how the creative process is vetting itself. But you you anoint him as the supreme being for this particular. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Even I have to vet it out. But the the clever phrasing will come to me. But you know what you're doing. So so let me re so now that you've said it that way, let me read you Booker T's quote. And okay. and in this is put this is far more elementary than where you're going with it, and it's equally as bad. You ready? All right. All right. Quote. Well, he's beaten every white guy too, hasn't he? That's not even a conversation that should be had. That's stupid. People want to bring race into. He's beat, he, he beat the black guys. He beat the white guys, too. Just because he beat the black guys, it's a problem. I mean, what color do you want him to be? He'll beat them, too. It just makes no sense to make that a conversation. The and fact, get with, the, the fact that ahead. it ends with him saying it makes no sense to make that a conversation. You've already made it a conversation. That part. The fact that you acknowledged it. You could have just let it continue to to float away on the internet and we do know no matter how poignant the content is you got a two-week window 
in the internet, they're gonna move on to something. Else. And things on the internet live on forever. So even if this if this happened to be shadow banned and went under the radar, it would rear its ugly head in five years as an anniversary piece. He'll be retired by then. Doesn't matter. It still will pop. What I'm saying is it will pop back up again. Less is more. You could have just shut the fuck up and kept it moving. Exactly. But my <laughs> my whole thing about it is like, okay, you want something done about it. That's why people are bringing it up. You want something done about it. And you put Lashley on that list and, well, he ended the reign, but he didn't beat Lashley, which is my whole point. When you make Brock Lesnar the end-all, be-all for people that look like this, you should push Bobby Lashley as the end-all, be-all for people who look like this. <laughs> the two the two Monday Night Football helmets clash and cash starts falling from the sky. This is This is the reason why unification is a bad idea. But it's also the same reason why unification is the perfect idea, because your titans for this generation right now and this and this entity are going to be, of course, your tribal chief and head of the table. Once again, here's your acknowledgement. Roman Reigns, Mm -hmm. Bobby Lashley Mm -hmm. and Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. That's it. it, You should probably get a triple threat with those. Well, here, here, here's what I say. I'm saying the same thing now that we've said for this summer coming up will be four years. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, SummerSlam. You know? So, okay, watch this. Watch watch me work. You know how you get, like, of course, I'm 100% saying Roman should go over. You're of the belief that Brock Lesnar is going to unify. Here's how you fix it. I'm I'm on the belief that he will. I didn't say that he should. Yeah, I'm, you, believe he, you believe he will. I believe he shouldn't. I believe Roman should. I don't have any faith in anybody about who will. <laughs> okay. And this is how I operate through life. All right. So you want to fix it to where one, you're going to create another match. Two, you're going to make sure that Roman goes over. And three, you're going to add a level of intrigue. We know Lesnar's really only here for the se- for WrestleMania season, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're trying to make Bobby just a beast mode, right? Even though we've we've heard the reports about shoulder surgery and it could be four months. If if that is the truth, and we're not being um, we're not being astray, worked. Yeah, get get well soon, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. That first and foremost, yeah. If if you have been working hurt and you definitely are hurt, please get healthy. We want to see a full a full blown. Uh, we want we want 2006 Bobby Lashley back. You know what I'm saying? Speedy and full recovery. Do not rush this if if that is the case. But that also goes to what we were talking about about how this those suplexes at the Royal Rumble started to look a little awkward. Part of it might be that Bobby was protecting himself or <clears throat> his version of protecting himself. But if we can get Bobby Lashley just healthy enough to do a run in at WrestleMania during the main event and cost Brock Lesnar the the opportunity to unify and make it look like a serious injury. Now you have the grace and mercy of Roman to continue doing what he's doing because he has stories that can come after this, namely Seth Rollins. <clears throat> that way Brock can go home because he's not staying to do shots on Raw post WrestleMania. Like the night after WrestleMania, probably be the last time you see him for quite some time. Agreed. No doubt. Not a question. So now, when it's time to put together the SummerSlam main event and your Tribal Chief still champion, and then the the title matches against Bobby Lashley, because you've kept them separated for all this time, but now 
you have no choice but to get them back together. You can have a returning Lesnar who says, Lashley, you cost me. Roman, you can't really beat me. Triple threat match. Voila. <laughs> Problem solved. Fixed. Voila. Magic. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like, this ain't rocket science. If we, if we just selling pay-per-views on names or premium live events, we're just selling those with names. Speaking of premium live events, have you heard the latest one that's, that's come back from the past? What it is? Saturday night's main event is going to be on Peacock in April as a house show that's being televised. So what they gonna do with this March fifth, um, this this March fifth uh, Madison Square Garden show? Are we gonna get to watch that too? That I don't know. I I haven't even seen anything the, on that. The fifth is a Saturday, so I mean, okay. Now I, we are gonna get to watch it because get what's on the sixth. What is on the six? AEW's Revolution. <laughs> so you put a Madison Square Garden oh, show on Peacock God. the night before. And I'm, 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 re I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. There's a bunch of clickbait. Reading, reading, reading. Doesn't say anything. The show is not a planned Peacock special, but they will have cameras on hand. But when okay. does WWE not have cameras on hand? That is only one place. That just leaves <laughs> There's me only to one place you can watch the WWE. That's on Peacock. Yeah. So now that it's not it's not necessarily air quotes planned, there's no other reason you would announce that on television. Like why? You you weren't in New York when you said it. <laughs> and then you advertise this huge title match that determines whether or not Lesnar will go to WrestleMania and you mention this on TV. Why would you not have the universe be able to watch it? <laughs> what you what what, you what, what, what what you going to do have the have the undefeated production team create another pr a production package to make you buy into something that you're already going to be watching cuz you're paying 4.99 per month? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'd feel offended and pissed off if I didn't get it. Like this. I'm, pay I'm paying for premium content, and you tell me a a, a live show at, at Madison Square Garden to determine who's going to WrestleMania as World Heavyweight Champion, and I don't get to watch that, and I'm paying for this. Insulting my intelligence. That part. <laughs> Fuck around, turn the audience of one in the audience of none. <laughs> audience at a bathroom break on your funky fuck, fuck you mean like you mean to tell me you gonna make me suffer through all this other bullshit on Mondays Tuesdays and Fridays and I don't get the shit that sounds like I might actually want to see it <laughs> fuck you and the horse she rode in on and the horseshoes that motherfucker got on <laughs> oh man what you gonna stop doing is disrespecting me and my, my money that's what you're not gonna do. Oh man! So, um, at a let, let's real real quick, let's run through uh, elimination chamber uh, as we basically got it. Well, we we already explained that that we have a winner and, uh, and new! WWE champion and uh, Brock Lesnar due to a an apparently injured Bobby Lashley who never got a chance to even compete in the match. Um. We also have a retaining uh, big time Bex over Lita. We've got Sa Sasha, Bianca Belair making her way to WrestleMania to compete for 
a women's title more than likely to SmackDown Women's Championship against Chick Flair. And matter of fact, it's a triple there, right? Or is or is wait? So wait, so Chick Flair is going up against. I saw Beck, um, Ronda Rousey. Uh huh. And I think it is a triple threat. What's a triple threat? The, the, Mania the, match. The, yeah. No, it's just it's Charlotte versus Rousey, and it's expected to um, main event night one. Okay. All right. Uh, and then we had what was there anything else notable? Oh man, Riddick Moss took bit. Madcap Moss took one of the nastiest spills onto the top of his head mid-match, courtesy of Drew McIntyre. But thank, thankfully, that man is okay. But whoo, that was scary. He got up and moved really quick, but it was a scary, scary moment. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, brings whole new terms to the meaning. You got Moss. <laughs> <laughs> and not Randy, <laughs> Ray Randy. <laughs> yeah, wrong Randy. Yeah, but Bianca Belair did win the uh, the women's elimination chamber match. Um, Naomi and uh, Ronda Rousey did defeat uh, Sonya Deville and Chick Flair. Of course, your tribal chief head of the table and uh, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns defeated uh, Goldberg. Thank God. Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match never started, <laughs> uh, which, which for some reason I was I was uh, strangely amused at the fact that it was a beatdown in the uh, in the rampway by the Usos, um, and that's pretty much your card. And the card actually was better than I expected it to be. It, on paper, it didn't look like much, but it was pretty good. Call oh, oh, the Miz and Rey Mysterio. Um, I mean, Rey Mysterio won the match, but man, like just the stock value of these matches are going down. I mean, and I'll be honest, uh, for the most part, with the exception of a couple of snafus, this was among the best of the Saudi shows that's happened. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't long and drawn out like some of the past ones have uh, have been. It was actually the perfect length of time on the pay per view. The women's elimination chamber match was amazing. Because like some some of the other Saudi shows have kind of mirrored like great value WrestleManias, <laughs> like they'll be like four hours long for absolutely no reason, a whole bunch of names with no con with no um, context, and just random like one off matches. Yeah. Uh. So there there's that. Um. Let's see what else we have here on the uh, on the agenda, if you will. Uh, Bullet Club. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Um, on Impact, we had uh, Jay White, Switchblade Jay White, current leader of the Bullet Club, actually uh, dismember the Gorillas of Destiny, and so they are no longer a part of the Bullet Club. But again, as we said earlier, once you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. So mm-hmm. what are we seeing the U.S. version of a civil war within the Bullet Club? Because we still have issues over at uh, AEW with um, with uh, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. I think you might only see the civil war aspect aspect of it play out in AEW. Just because Impact set up a little different, which I, I'll be honest with you, I have not been as. Um, locked in to, to impacts content so i i usually take those recaps from other people 
or from other sources. Something D-Lo, gonna... we coming for you. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. D-Lo. <laughs> hey, that's it. No, no, no. I'm going I'm to I'm catch up with Gin and Juice, and that's there. Then you're going to be in Gin trouble. Jack, then. what up? <laughs> <laughs> one, wait, one time wait, for Gangsta wait, Life. Wait, wait, wait. You say he he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Now I'm completely bullshitting when I say that. Oh, but, no, yeah. I know. Yeah, there, there's a there's a cool anecdote that goes with with you shouting out D-Lo just then. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, if you get the Civil War aspect, which I, I expect, whenever Kenny Omega is healthy and back on television, I feel like you're gonna get the Elite versus Adam Cole's version of the Bullet Club, or whatever they end up. I know they um they trademark Paragon, but there's just there's too much Bullet Club symmetry. And you know he's cool with Jay White, X Y Z. Da 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 da. You'll see the Elite, and then you'll have a Hangman Page reunion. Certain mm. of it. Do you? But see, that's just that's me. Do we see? Um, do we see any back and forth between Impact and AEW? I mean, you should. Hell, I'm under the impression Kanos is probably you know own, owns a small percentage at this point. <laughs> you can't go wrong. That, that might be this big announcement he's talking about. He might have bought Impact. Um, everybody seems to think that in. in because when we when we supposed to get that announcement last week and we just didn't and it's getting pushed back. But everyone seems to think that the announcement is a uh, a pay per view, a joint pay per view between AEW and New Japan. I mean, that might be cool on a neutral site, but I mean, okay, does New Japan have the same steam that it had when you had basically had the elite inhabiting inhabiting that roster? I'm going to tell you no, simply because. At that time, you had uh, presence on Access with Jim Ross and uh, Josh Barnett on commentary. Shout out, shout out to Josh Barnett and that clip of him almost putting Jay White into <laughs> into a oblivion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I, I don't I don't think so because I mean one of the one of the key selling points to that was the fact that you had these two highly recognizable names doing commentary. Not that Kevin Kelly isn't recognizable, but who who has more stock value, Jim Ross or Kevin Kelly? True, and I'll be I'll be real. The whole thing that made me start getting into New Japan was one, reading the the stories about Kenny Omega, and then never having seen him perform. So I wanted to see. Then same thing with the Young Bucks. Like the press would say, okay, the Young Bucks are great. So you want to see it for yourself, and if you can't see it in America, you're gonna find you're gonna find where they are and see them in their element. Mm-hmm. However, are you are people doing? And when's the last time we had a conversation about making ourselves available to to watch some type of New Japan presentation? It's been it's been a while. It's been probably close to two years, and that was probably if I'm going to say a, like a like a roundabout time frame. I'm going to say July Fourth weekend during the uh, when the kickoff of the G1 here in Dallas. And so you that was what, what that was like 2020. No, 20. Yeah, it's right. 2020. Yeah, and you remember how the how American Airlines Center looked for that? Yeah, yeah. Real yeah. patchy. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, yeah, look like you're thinning in a couple of spots. Looks like top, WCW man. running the hot running the house show at United Center in the 90s. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Like 19, it looked like 1992 WCW. Man, for a house show. 
or episode of Worldwide. <laughs> Yo, um, speaking of new and, and things that are bright and shiny, Control Your Narrative, CYN, has actually now become an, an actual professional wrestling organization. At I like the, that the acronym spells SIN. Yep. At the top of that food chain, you have the Titan Adam Scher, who is also better known as, formerly known as Braun Strowman, EC3, the newly, the new, the new, uh, not say newly, uh, but uh, the newest, but a new member from the original incarnation of those two and Killer Cross, and then also debuting with this organization here in Dallas during WrestleMania weekend is uh, the greatest man that ever lived, Austin Aries. This is shaping up to be pretty interesting as, as, a, uh, as a group of individuals. And if this is actually <laughs> going to be an organization, I look forward to see what, they, what they're going to do for booking and, and their talent. Yeah, they're looking for a whole show and, and, and TV or, and, or equivalent, digital equivalent. What makes this group really interesting to me from the outside looking in is the personal viewpoints of some of the members now notice how we just said talking about dr huffman about using real life to create white heat Mm -hmm. basically i know austin aries can get white heat i know he can and i'm not (laughs) talking about a skin color either i'm talking about the hottest version of a flame boy <laughs> EC3 is very long winded but I believe he has the ability if someone was to help him condense his thoughts he could do it too because this whole control your narrative has a very certain slant to it mm-hmm. same thing with Adam Shear. don't necessarily need him cutting long diatribe promos but still some of his personal views and real life opinions might help this group become something serious because you're look the suspension of disbelief we we speak about this all the time you got to create content that makes even the smartest fan slip into it's still real to me damn it territory here's here's a quote that's listed on their uh, on their controlyournarrative.co website which is part of uh, what I'm talking about is part of a free the narrative uh, video that's up that's on fight and uh, apparently over the last year EC3 and Matt Cardona have both publicly dismissed a worldwide pandemic part of these these viewpoints that Squad was talking about but since all this has happened Mark, Matt Cardona has procured the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and so now he is the owner of 10 pounds of gold and EC3 has asked Matt Cardona to answer one question. That question is, are you happy? That could go a bunch of different ways, but I'm sure this has to do with your professional direction. As Matt Cardona has been seen in the NWA as well as in GCW as of late. So I'm sure that, that there'll be a tie in somewhere there. And it's quite possible that the NWA World Heavyweight Championship could be defended at Control Your Narrative as part of a bigger package to help blow this company up early. It remains to be seen. But if you're going to do it on any stage, the weekend of WrestleMania in the Dallas area is, is a great place to do so. In which in a couple of weeks, Suave and I are actually going to give you guys 
out here in uh, Pencil Pusher uh, Nation, Pencil Pusher Land, whatever you want to call it. We're going to give you the opportunity to listen to us give a deep dive into events going on. It might even last a couple of episodes because there are so many, so many events that are going on. I've talked about it before, but we're actually going to go into some of these events that are the ones that are have already come to uh, come to a card. Of course, card subject to change. We'll give you information on who's going to be appearing where and what time because there's going to be a lot of overlap. A lot. So and you're going to have to pick and choose. I, you know what we should call it? You, you're familiar with the term bar, bar crawl, right? Oh, yeah. Russell Matt crawl. crawl. Matt Crawl. I like Matt Crawl. <laughs> Not to be confused with Yama Crawl. <laughs> or, or, or Yama Crawl or, or Matt Cross. Uh, right. Neither one of those. Mm. That, that, that ain't it. Yeah, neither uh, one of those. Real quick question. I'm finally you, caught up on, on Bel Air. What you, you what, you, what you think? What you think about Bel Air? I like it. Yeah, I, it's solid. Uh, I like it. I, 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 I don't I like, like all the Ajuda and all the comparisons to the original. It ain't that. It ain't supposed to be that. Nah. <laughs> it, I, heard, I heard, shout out to Currency. I saw him give a, a really cool explanation of what Bel Air is. It's an alternate universe uh, Fresh Prince like, um, like Rick and Morty. It is it, it's 2022 energy. And if even if you want to take it back a couple years, it's 2020 energy. You're not going to have 1993 energy in 2020. Not even for people that are still stuck in the 90s. You're not going to have that energy. It's just not possible. Right. And for the record, for those of you claiming that Carlton's Norton Coke, no, he's Norton Xanax. For the record. It's Xanax. Yeah, for the record. Stop saying he's a Cokehead because he's not. Now, if will be offended by that, so understand. You know what I'm saying? If, I gra- <laughs> if he graduates to Cokehead, I'll take everything I'm saying back. But right now, it's Xanax. He told Will it was Xanax. Lisa at the pool confirms that he has like high anxiety and different things like that. He snorts it because it makes it kick in faster. Don't mean it won't lead to lesions, but stay. <laughs> it's still Xanax. Uh, real quick, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Xanax. You asked you asked me a question early in the week uh, about the new day. Uh-huh. And uh, your question was uh, over and under 40% chance of WWE loses New Day when the contracts come up based on the creative treatment of their characters, title runs, and individual accomplishments. Right. Uh, it's kind of hard to say, man. You got, you, you, got two, you got two world champions in that group who have a combined reign of less than one year. And then you have uh, Xavier Woods. King of the Ring, the who hasn't been on television in like two months, and who has lost more now matches. He's re, he was rehab. He's rehabbing an injury, but still. He who, and, and he's the King of the Ring who has lost more matches post winning King of the Ring from anybody from any previous King of the Ring in history. Do you Google's? Other than other than Billy Gunn. No, I, I think he's even big Billy Gunn, especially on TV. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, here here is my take on this. All right, let me hear you. If you would have asked me this question a week ago, I would have said there's no chance of them resigning as a as a unit. If any one person um, would, uh, stands a chance of resigning over any of the other two, it probably would be Kofi. However, after the events of the last week and after seeing what's going on with with Kevin Owens, with Sami Zayn, uh, with uh, and now with Uncle Allen. I say there is a 0% chance of any of them leaving and them giving up because I think their property, um, intellectual property, 
has a higher value than any of the three people that I named prior to the New Day. I think I, mean, I think I think they might be among the biggest bags of those who uh, who will resign when it comes time to resign because I think their resigning is in 2024, and I would dare say if they don't run out their contract, they might cancel, renegotiate, and resign prior to then. Right, because remember last week we were talking about how um, essentially WWE is by canceling uh, merchandise revenue for uh, talent is essentially moving into the territory where they're going to start handling contracts very much like professional sports does, mm-hmm. like the NFL. AJ's new contract is not a new contract. It's an extension. So yeah. if WWE is going to start negotiating with talent and start signing extensions, <laughs> shit finna get real dicey. And and you can look at it like this. It's been a little bit since, since a whole lot of releases happened. What you got, like two months since the last uh, group of releases? Not even, but yes. Um, A great deal of the people that you have that are actually on television are people they want there. So that those are the talents that are probably going to be extended some grace on retention i did feel like because i was in the moment of because kofi kofi's title reign ended how we know so did big e's big e didn't get squashed but it was close um i didn't know if the disrespect had mounted to a certain point where they were ready to walk away because they're financially stable woods has a hundred percent of a clear path even if he doesn't run a wrestle another match he's good boy but the <laughs> three of them together are obviously box office they obviously have a relationship with the elite there's nothing to say that they couldn't go get that kind of money from Kanos there's also just no- come up with a new name there's also nothing that, that that says that they can't open the forbidden door for those two groups of individuals Vincent Kennedy ain't fucking around <sighs> He val- he he devalues the New Day on television, but at the table he values them too much to let them get involved unless they're going over. And if I'm Kanos, there's no fucking way I'm gonna let the elite get beat by anybody from Stanford. Let, let me ask you another question real quick before we move on to this last piece and then uh, talk, talk to Teddy. Um, how much of the roster would you think? Uh, and not, not to downplay anybody's contributions to WWE, but how much of the WWE roster roster do you think that matters uh, has Stockholm syndrome? Mm. Mean, mean, meaning, they're in love with the idea of being punished by Vince McMahon. Oh, now now that you phrase it like that, uh, I was gonna say, you know, basically they had fell in, they fell in love with the captors, so they like the idea of being in this in this environment just because they've made it normal. But they want to be punished by Vince. I, I'll give you an example. I don't know. Who's... Let me, okay, okay. Let me let me let me bring it back, and then you make make your decision or make your or answer the question based off of this question here. So, I want you right. I want you to think about an artist that you didn't really think about one way or the other you listen to their music it was like it's tolerable but not necessarily anything that's like high on your radar high on your on your musical radar for your ears right and we know we got a lot of that stuff going on but then you meet this person and this person is 10 toes flat they is as salt of the earth 
you understand a lot of what they do, their thought process, even a little bit more into their create uh, their, their creative processes. And now you have a higher value for them, even though the people around you don't. Yeah. Like, think about that aspect, and but put it into a, a, like a self worth situation for talent in WWE. Now that said, like how how many or who not 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 even who I, I don't even want to go into the who, but how much of the roster would you think actually you know, feels that way? Like like they they feel a higher value or or a higher sense of value to Vince being less than than being more than. And actually, I'll, I'll give you like Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler are the first two to come to mind in that, especially Dolph Ziggler and even our truth as an elder statesman of the roster because our truth is what fifty. Mm-hmm. Our truth is almost with almost fifteen years tenure. Our truth is fifty with almost ten, with almost fifteen years tenure with a prior stint prior to those fifteen years, and looks better than a lot of the thirty year olds on the roster. Hmm. Um, the percentage is probably somewhere north of 30, but it, cause you have those people like all the millennials that are on the roster currently, they're there because they grew up watching wrestling. And if you grew up watching wrestling, you grew up watching the worldwide leader. Now you may have gotten content from other places. As many of us do, we watch everything, but Predominantly, especially for millennials, WWE is the end all be all. So you live through the attitude. You were around for rock and wrestling. You were a child. Um, you can you accidentally the- see anything. You can accidentally see NWA. You can accidentally see AWA. Accidentally see Mid South slash UWF. Accidentally see World Class. But you're going to on purpose see WWF. Facts. And even accidentally like- see WCW slash NWA uh, or Jim Crockett Promotions. But all that stuff can happen haphazardly. You're like, going to I, see WWF right, in that era. Right. Keep keep it real. Wrestling Challenge here when I was a kid came on 11 o'clock central. I stumbled upon Worldwide that came on at 10. I mean, the first time so I saw I, Worldwide I, I, was I like 10 o'clock up. on a Saturday night on a channel that no one could get. You see what I'm saying? Local at that. So it. Yeah, but those people are very much ingratiated with the idea this is what I grew up watching. What it seems like WWE is doing is severing the acquisition of talent who has a preconceived notion about wrestling. They would rather have athletes and athletic people who have no prior knowledge to professional wrestling so that they can install their software. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, they're pro- they're programming their own their own talent at this point. It's like, no, we're gonna teach you what professional wrestling and sports entertainment is. Oh, fuck it, we're not gonna teach professional wrestling. We're teaching sports entertainment, so we're going to slowly age and weed out those people who are ingratiated in pro wrestling culture mm-hmm. and just learn to be sports entertainers. Fuck it, we want sports entertainers from day one. It's essentially what hence, we're going. hence the name change and the character development. Right, and hence me not watching NXT 2.0. Bruh, I literally just took that shit off my DVR, deleted it, and, and and took off the program, like the, the future re- recordings. Like, no. Now, now I, I've heard there are some air quotes, new reasons to watch, but I mean, that's what Instagram's for. 
I mean, we had that shit in the 90s and the early 2000s. It was called the Attitude Era. Like, fuck out of here. Right. That's what Instagram is set up for. Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit through an hour or two hours of subpar television to, to basically be For a 15 seconds of gawking. Yeah, like... <laughs> If I'm that hard up, that's what Instagram and Google are for. But nah, fam, I'm good. That's that's not gonna make me watch. Congratulations on what you're doing, but I mean, there are sites uh, that start or end with X that I can get. Bigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I can find I can find a hub. Don't worry about it. I'll give you two more names that come to mind uh, with this, and this is a perfect segue into this last part of the conversation. Uh, gotcha. And we and we talked about them earlier. The Hurt Business, uh, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin. Now Shelton Benjamin. Part of the, he, he is, and by all stretches of the imagination, this is no disrespect, but he is obviously the most underutilized of the big four of the greatest graduation class from OVW into WWE. That class included Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, and John Cena. So it's, it's five, because it's uh, Cena, Lesnar... Batista. Batista too, yes. Shelton. Yeah, yeah. So Shelton's been it's been Orton Cena, Lesnar's yeah, Batista and Shelton. Shelton's been wrestling the entire time with stints in ROH and some international stints as well, but uh, WWE, ROH, WWE has pretty much been the crux of his career. And this is somebody who I witnessed in a ladder match at WrestleMania twenty five, um, as the gold standard. Um former Intercontinental Champion, former roommate of Brock Lesnar, former tag team partner of Brock Lesnar in OVW. Like he's he it just struck me like you're talking about this the ladder match at WrestleMania 25. He's doing this shit at like 6'3, 6'4, 245 pounds. Man, at, at that time, it could be argued that Shelton Benjamin was probably closer to 260 because he was a brick shithouse. He has always like, he's always been a heavyweight with with tons of muscle mass. How old is Shelton right now? Shelton Benjamin, I believe, is forty five. No, he's forty six. So we got a dude approaching fifty who looks him damn and true. Near, looks him, damn near identical to what he looked like him, twelve WrestleManias ago. Benjamin R. Truth, Bobby Lashley, they have not changed their physical appearance since the early 2000s and i'm saying that because bobby lashley came into wwe in 2005 or 2004 2005 shelton benjamin 2002 um r-truth was in wwe in the late 90s early 2000s left for tna and then came back to wwe where he's been ever since but he has not changed they have not changed their physical appearance one bit if anything they've gained more muscle mass but they look exactly the same and all three of these guys are north of well north of 40. Right. So I the fact that Shelton Benjamin has never been world heavyweight champion is an indictment and a crime against humanity. Like you have no you have no real reason. And somebody'll say, Well, he can't cut promos. That's what managers are for. Shut the fuck up. Listen, OVW Southern Tag Team Champions were Brock Lesnar. He held held that belt three times with Brock. Once with a former guest of the show, Red Dog Rodney Mack. <laughs> I'm just going to do that every time you mention his name. Uh, WWE World Tag Team Champion, uh, a Raw Tag Team Champion, rather, three times. 
twice as part of the world's greatest tag team. You would think that they had more runs or a longer run, but it was only it was twice with Charlie Haas. And we can't discount the run he had with, as part of the Hurt Business with uh, Cedric Alexander because at one point, they all held championships. Uh, Bobby Lashley, the world championship. Uh, actually, no, he was a U.S. champion. And then we had the Hurt Business as uh, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin as the tag team champions and then uh, MVP as, as a world judo champion. Um, all at the same time. ROH world tag team champion with uh, Charlie Haas twice. Um, he actually had a world championship. He was, uh, you know, down in Puerto Rico. He owned the WWC Universal Heavyweight Championship once, which is not recognized, but it's a highly respected title. That organization has been around, what, 40 years? Maybe longer with Carlos Colon? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... The accolades that this man has, and of course, you know, he, we, he's won the Intercontinental Championship three times, so we can't dispute that a U.S. Championship once. And do we do we want to count the twenty four seven title? Mm, I guess three times. So he might be among the most accomplished wrestlers to never win a World Heavyweight Championship this side of our truth, if not the most. Makes me reevaluate our best, best than ever tournament. Yeah, and yeah, that was one. Really, he was one really of my does. picks, wasn't he? I know he was. I know he was there. <laughs> he was. He was. I know there. he was there. Yeah, well, he, he was one of my picks. I believe we probably should have read his resume a little deep, deeper before. We, we still but, got. A, we still got an honorable mentions tournament. We might bring him back for that because this, this, this is actually turned into a goat talk. On the cool, Sheldon Benjamin deserves a goat talk. So I'm, all, I'm all the way with this. Um, I just feel like if Sheldon had different pigmentation, he'd have a different career. Man, like everything that he can do in the ring makes him undeniable. He's got he's got the prototypical size you would want. He's not short. He's over six feet tall. He has uh, muscle mass. Um, he has a an amateur wrestling background. He obviously is understands and can perform at a high level with professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. Tell me you wouldn't. Um, tell me you can fly. Tell, can, I'm sorry. Tell me as a, as a fan of the, of the culture and fan of the business that you wouldn't love to see a catch match between he and Brock Lesnar. Like they teased it once. I feel like that's one of one of the last. Like if you're gonna be in the for for these premium live events, especially Saudi, I would love for them to set that up in Saudi. Just because I mean that seems to be the only place we can get stuff that isn't already prefabricated. You can get a little closer to being organic. I'll do. I'll, how about there this? There are no constraints. Put it in Minnesota. Put it closer to Lesnar's home. Put it in, in a, for, a former home of, of Shelton Benjamin. Put it on the house show. Record it. Don't make it for the title, but make Shelton uh, let, let Shelton and Brock have it and let Shelton win. Like make 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 it be like a twenty minute stretch fest. If at some point Brock Lesnar has a retirement tour, which I'm sure they wouldn't announce it as such. Make that one of the matches. Like, I, there has to be something other than skin pigmentation that keeps Sheldon Benjamin from World Heavyweight Championship status. It has to be, man. The, uh, or at least I would hope. The the remember when MJF did the five deeds of uh, Jericho, where he where he had Jericho do five different things before he fought him, like different incarnations of Jericho, where he had like the the, the pain maker and. 
uh, like all these other things. He had to even do Nick Gage for a second in a, uh, in, in a match. What if Heyman was in control? Like if there was like some kind of contractual clause, wink, wink, that allowed Heyman to control the, the narrative of the last, there you go, to control the narrative of the, the last matches of Brock Lesnar's career. And it was like a like a ten a ten match tour, and one of those matches was against Shelton Benjamin, and actually and Brock actually lost that match. Like it doesn't hurt anybody. Like I think Shelton stands. Uh, Shelton doesn't get hurt, but Shelton hurts more losing to Brock Lesnar than he than Brock would losing to Shelton Benjamin, in my opinion. Because because at this point Brock is Teflon. I guess we're in agreement. <laughs> we, we are. We, we're we're in total agreement. I'm just I'm baffled right now. I'm trying not to believe. I'm trying to I'm trying to install the the suspension of disbelief. Like I, <laughs> you just ran down a, an essential first hall, first ballot Hall of Fame resume. I just, just can't. Yeah, I just down. campaigned for Sheldon on the cool. Yeah, like and and no one would would argue with that that he should be and will be in the Hall of Fame at some point. But just the lack of celebration of a talent that good and accomplished. Capable. Yeah, that good, uh, good, accomplished and capable. And and if you really want to keep the thousand, he was a junior college hundred meter champion and a national wrestling champion at, at a junior college. Not to mention the NCAA All-American in, 90, in uh, 80, 97 or 98. So there there there's your credibility there. Like if we did a tournament of the best athletes to ever step into professional wrestling, Oof. he's Dear he's Lord. got he's <laughs> top five and he might be closer to one than five. And and I tell you, Doctor Death, uh, Doctor Death's uh, Steve Williams ranking goes down because of his WWF run. Man, it doesn't make him a bad athlete. No, none, not at all, not at all. It just it just it just says there was poor judgment on the brawl for all. <laughs> That's more Vince Russo than it is Steve Williams. Like being being a very capable athlete. Not not it, it doesn't include any of your transgressions in wrestling. And that's that's that man. Um we we can we can go on see we just keep giving you guys more content for the future. So that's just fine. stay stay tuned cuz we'll have some more stuff coming but Show at BrokenPistolBC.com, BrokenPistolBC at gmail.com. That's uh, at BrokenPistolBC on all things social. So that's at BrokenPistolBC on what? Everything. 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 Uh, Logic. mark my words. What the shit? You can't write this. Fuck the casual fan. And shouts out to my guy, our uh, the, the number four, Mr. Ron Murray, Mr. High School Holler. Price just went up. Price just went up. Price, 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 price just went up. Yes, indeed. It always has, always will, because yesterday's price is not today's price. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, man. The blackest thing you never, ever seen me or heard in your life. Live and in full effect. Swab Burgundy. Yes, yes, yes. I am marked, sir. You, You have been marked safe, sir. Yes, sir. Live and direct from somewhere in uh, in the USA. No, no, no. We're taking it back to the Sportatorium parking lot. Okay. 
All right, we'll take it back to Sportatory parking lot, but I'm talking about our special guests, live and direct from somewhere oh. in the USA, ready to book a tag team match or making somebody go one-on-one with The Undertaker, America's favorite general manager, the one and only Theodore R. Long, a.k.a. Teddy Long, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. Teddy, what's happening, man? All right. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thank y'all. Let me say, first of all, thank you so very much for... Uh, have me on your show um it, it's, it's such an honor you know to be able to talk to you guys i happened to meet you guys earlier back in last year and what a great bunch of guys man i was so glad to talk to you because you guys are the real deal and that's what i deal with people that are the real deal see it's like my man wood if his name is wood then that tells me he must have wood hey yo <laughs> <laughs> so wood got uh, wood okay okay uh, <laughs> It, it, uh, What's that say about Suave, though? What's that say about Suave, though? <laughs> well, that Uh-oh. says that Suave don't have wood. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> no Bruno. But, uh, but I will say this. No greater honor has been bestowed upon us than being called or being named or deemed as players by you, sir. Yeah. And we have been... Wait, that's what y'all are. Y'all are players. Yeah. Anytime you deal with Teddy Long, you a player, player, player. <laughs> yes, sir. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Teddy, we uh, we like it's so so much. Your career has 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 been spanned over the last forty plus years, man. And we like we there's so much we could get into. Right. So little time. Let hit the applause. For, wait, hit the applause for forty years. We can't glaze over it. There you go. My bad. My bad. I'm. I'm. My my cooth is off right now. Or as Bubba Dub would say, forty years. <laughs> what uh, what incarnation of yourself would be your your favorite? Like, cause we have, we we deem these errors. Teddy Long. We have we've errors. Yeah, we have right. referee Teddy Long. We have do rag uh, Teddy Do-rag Long. Teddy Long. We have Doom got- Doom Teddy Long, which is also do rag Teddy Long, with, or on another level. We have GM Teddy Long, and then we have uh, thugging and bugging, th- thugging and bugging Teddy Long. So, like, which which incarnation of Teddy Long would you deem your favorite? And what was the most fun? Well, they they were all <clears throat> excuse me, all of them are my favorites, and I had fun with each and every one of them because with my deal, you know, a lot of people they become a character on TV. I wasn't a character; I was myself. I I came from the streets. And what I did, I took the streets straight to the TV. So, you know, where people would understand a lot better, especially, and I'm not trying to sound racist, but especially the black audience, you know what I mean? Because that's what I went, you know, I had a lot of soul and I had a lot of blackness. And I wasn't portraying just to the blacks, I was portraying to everybody. But to be able to come from the street and have all that street knowledge, you know what I mean? I grew up around pimps and hustlers and guys that, you know, did a lot of stuff, you know, that's how I grew up. So, you know, that's how I came to, you know, learn about wearing the suits and using the slang because I grew up around all that. So I just took all that to TV and uh, it worked for me. Thanks to the good Lord. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So um, for those who may not know, give give our audience just a little bit of background of how you got started and just what what made you what made you so attracted to professional wrestling well um first the way i got started is they used to tape um the georgia championship wrestling here in atlanta georgia my home 
And uh, I used to go down to the WTBS studios every Saturday morning to watch the wrestling because that's where they filmed it at. And so I was going down there. And so one day I was, you know, I went to the TV station now and then. I just happened to be coming out. And, and uh, when I come out, I run into uh, one of the wrestlers there. And I really don't want to call his name. I should call his name, but I don't want to call his name because he turned out to be such an asshole. <laughs> so I'm just, you know what I mean? So I'm just saying some of these guys are, are really, you know, I'm, I mean, they're too much, man. But anyway. Uh, I met this guy and this particular guy that he didn't live in Atlanta, so he didn't know his way around. So he asked me about, you know, riding with him or driving him around and showing him how to get around in Atlanta. So I did that. And by me doing that, I was able to he wanted me to, you know, bring him to the TV station every Saturday morning. And when I did that, I was able to get in the back with him because I drove him around. So why me being in the back, back with everybody, you know, and back then it was real strict, you know, people didn't get back there unless you was, you know, part of the show. And so I just started hanging around and I started making myself busy. You know, I'd look around, I'd find stuff to do. I'd pick up trash, I'd dump trash cans. Uh, if I saw somebody that needed some or somebody would look at me and say, hey, man, could you run down to the concession or whatever and get me something to eat? You know, I was a gopher. I did it all. I ran errands and, you know, picked up trash. And then I did this. The guys start going to the ring and I would see that they would leave their jackets and stuff right on the ringside. And so I said, well, maybe I ought to go get them jackets. So I started going, picking up their jackets and bring all they would hand them to me, you know, at ringside. And some of this stuff you can see if you go back to the old trendsetter. Days work. Yeah, you were, you, were, you were the first one doing that. Yes. Yeah. So I started getting those jackets and they liked me for that because a lot of guys have been leaving their stuff out and people have been getting it and then never got their ring gear back. So I would bring the ring gear back. So I kind of got in graces a little bit there. And so what happened is one night um, I was there. Well, one day was at the TV and they needed somebody to put up the ring, take the ring down. Well, back in the day, the way you got a job and it's somewhat like that now. But back in the day, the way you got a job, you had to know somebody. They just didn't let everybody in. So by me being, you know, hanging out and being around there, you know, they looked and said, well, OK, yeah, let's get Teddy Long. He's been around. So I got, I took this job, putting up the ring, taking the ring down. So one night we had a show right here in my home, Marietta, Georgia. I live in Marietta. And the building that we had the show in is maybe five miles from my house. So it's called the Cobb Civic Center. So we went, I went there, I put the ring up and everything. And so around the, the match time, there was no referee. So the promoter came to me and her name was Louise Manning. She's still alive today. And she said, Teddy Long, you're going to have to referee tonight. We don't have a referee. So I said to her, I said, uh, Louise, I don't know anything about refereeing. She said, oh, don't worry about that. She said, the guys will talk to you. They'll take care of it. So the first match I had was Black Bart and Ron Bass. And these guys had a Texas death match. And that match where they was bleeding all over the place. Well, now I don't know what's going on. So they scared me to death. So once they started bleeding, I jumped out of the ring and left them. So I... So the guy, the the ringer, the the guy that was ringing the bell, Charlie McGowan, God rest his soul, he yells at me, says, "What the hell are you doing? You jumped out of the ring!" I said, "Yeah, they're bleeding all over the place." So he told me, "Get back in the ring! Get back in the ring!" So I finally get back in the ring, and I and the guys looked at me, and they they was all pissed off too, boy. They was hot at me. So I said to myself, "I said, I know I'm done here. This is probably my last day." But what happened to me there after I got back in the ring and started working the match? Then Charlie McGowan, the guy that was ringing the bell, well, he rang the bell too quick and he messed the finish up. And they got so mad at him till they forgot about me. 
So that's how I lasted, <laughs> and that was how I started refereeing. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, yes, <laughs> uh, one of your got a fade. <laughs> yeah, one of your one of your most famous uh, referee spots was the. Uh, the referee in the Chi Town Rumble match with the uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and uh, and Nate. Um, proud proud to see some color in a world championship match in the late '80s for damn sure. But then you also had the, the, the privilege later on of managing the first black recognized world heavyweight champion and Ron Simmons along with uh, Hacksaw Butch Reed, who should who should have been a world champion outside of the tag team world. Let the late great Butch Reed at that. Yes. Yeah. Well. I tell you, uh, it, you know, it, it it was pretty rough back there. You know what I mean? A lot of people see the TV side, and but they don't see the other side. Talk so about I'm it. Saying, I'm just saying, you know, with the grace of God, I was able to survive all that. Because like I said, back in the day when I was refereeing, a lot of guys tried to hurt me. Uh, Flair was one of them. He tried to hurt me one time. He took, we was in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I never forget that. Well, I went outside the ring trying to break up the, the fight outside the ring and he grabs me and he tries to run my head into this table. But I had been watching, you know, I'd been refereeing for a while and I've been watching guys and seeing what they do. So I took my hand and put it up in front of my head. I took my arm, put it up in front of my head. So when I went down the table that the arm, my arm hit the table first, but that's how they protected themselves. But he thought that I didn't know that uh, maybe I didn't wasn't familiar with that. So I, I say as this day, I, I think he was trying to hurt me. But anyway, I saved myself and I went through a lot of lot of stuff with a lot of other people, too. But we don't need to go into all that because all that's over. I made it. I was successful. So but I do want you to know, you know, it, it was pretty rough then. And like I said, some of the stuff that's going on now, it went on back then in the day. Right on. Well, I know. I, I know it was rough on you, Teddy, but there were a couple people that helped you out, and I gotta, I gotta ask you, man, for these guys, Dusty Rhodes, man, Dusty Rhodes gave you one of your first jobs. Can you tell us one or two of your Dusty stories, real quick? Well, I don't really have a. Well, I got a few Dusty stories. Dusty, me and him got along. I, I, uh, it was, it was really good. Like you said, he gave me my first job, and. Um, then I, I started working refereeing with Dusty there and Dusty would do something and, and I, I thank him for this this day God rest his soul because I had no idea what he was doing with me until I got involved in the business well every Saturday morning when we go to the TV Dusty would call me into, into, into the production meeting and that was with Jim Crockett, J.J. Dillon it was Dusty in there and some more people that were in the production uh, Tony Chabon and people that were in the production meeting so I'm standing in the production, I mean, like, why am I in here? You know what I mean? I don't want to hear none of this, but I can't say nothing. So I just stood up there and just listened to the whole production meeting. So I don't know why Dusty did that. I think he liked me, you know, and I think that's really the reason why. But then after I got in the business for a long time and then I went and started doing stuff, I started managing and doing stuff on my own. Then it all started coming back to me. I'm like, oh, wow, I got it now. Now I understand. But. I, I don't know whether he thought I was going to get it or whatever, but he just brought me in the meetings and I learned a lot in those meetings because back in the day, what you do, you kept your mouth shut and kept your ears open. So I did that. Just kept my mouth shut, kept my ears open and I learned a whole lot. And I think I learned a lot. A lot of people didn't know how much I had really learned because you don't you don't ever let a man know how smart he is because if you do that, he'll, you know, he'll beat you at your own game. So I never did let them know how much I knew. So that's why I was able to, you know, move on and really have the success that I had. And thanks to Dusty Rowe, God rest his soul, he he took care of me. 
Right on, man. Teddy, real quick, what what was your fashion your fascination with the tag team match? You know what? <laughs> you know, everybody think that um, you know, that was something, you know, that uh I just come up with and, and I didn't come up with it like that. The reason I started making those the emphasis on the tag team matches, one day Vince McMahon, he me and him was talking and he told me, he said, Teddy. He said, when you introduce those guys out there, he said, I want you to put some emphasis on it. You know what I mean? You know, like uh, the Undertaker, you know, come, you know, give me some, you know, some, you know, guy, I, I, I don't have the word for it, but Just he awesome. wanted it to be, you know, like, you know, super, you know, something. I, I don't know. I don't have the word. But anyway, I went out and I started saying, we're going to have ourselves a tag team match. But I did that because I know that's how Vince wanted me to introduce those matches. <laughs> it wasn't a thing where I was coming up with my own thing about tag team matches. So I started doing that and that's how it caught on. The same thing I did with The Undertaker because Vince said, when you introduce those people, introduce them. You know, make them make me feel it. And right. so that's when I said, The Undertaker, you know, and uh, and that's how that that's how that all started. It wasn't nothing planned. Because the funny thing was no one, no one during the during the time, it was like a nine year span. There, no one really paid attention to the fact that you were booking tag team matches in the main event so often until you it was over with it was like one of those things where you don't know what you got till it's gone so like when you look back it's like damn every every main event was a tag team match or somebody going one-on-one -on -one with the undertaker right <laughs> but you <laughs> but, but you but you made it what it was man talk um talk about what you got going right now man we because we met you here in, in the dallas fort worth metroplex texas is your unofficial second home you're back reunited with rodney mack and jazz you're thugging and bugging on a different level man uh like, like what's how did you get tied back into um, not just the indie the indie wrestling scene, but specifically here in Texas? And uh, like, what what's that ride been like for you? Because you you've added some uh, some brand recognition to some uh, to some much, much or much needed brand recognition to some organizations that need some bigger shine. Well, uh, the way the Texas thing started for me is uh, I was just sitting at home uh, one day and I was looking through my phone and there's this, this SWE uh, show. And I just was looking at some stuff on it, and I started looking at it, and I'm like, God, that's that's not too bad. Those guys just need a little help there. And I'm just saying this to myself. So I called Jazz and and um, Rodney, and I because I found out that they were out there and they were working for this company. So I talked to them a little bit about it. I said, Hey, you guys look like you need a little help. I said, uh, You know, say something to those guys if they want me to come help them out. I said, I'll be happy to. And they told me, said, well, man, we was wanting to ask you that, but we just didn't think you would want to come out here. So to make a long story short, they went to the promoter and they talked to him. And the next thing I know, he gave me a call and I came out to SWE and uh, they gave me uh, the, the, the power to create all the storylines there and to help them out. And so when I came out there, I think they were drawing about 20, 25 people. Uh, when uh, I started there, and maybe after three weeks there, I think they started selling out arenas everywhere. I started coming up with storylines and stuff for people to do. I came up with a tag, uh, what it was going to be a good team is going to be called Privilege. But the participants, not all of them, but some of them messed that up. So, you know, huh. you know how that goes. Huh. But anyway, uh, that's how I started in SWE. Rodney and Jazz, uh, they talked to the promoter. He called me and I came out to SWE. And so we started turning things around, selling out arenas and like I said, a lot of people just can't stand success. So the next thing I know, they messed that up. <laughs> so, I, so I left that. And uh, thank, and I want to also thank uh, Tony Snow, too, because Tony, the first time I met him was at the first SWE show I was at. 
And uh, me and him had been just been, you know, I started talking to him and I could see he was a real, real dude. So me and him been friends ever since. So that, that's kind of how that started. So now that I'm, uh, you know, after SWE, you know, went out, then uh, Rodney Mack and uh, Dogtown came up. You know, I told them, I said, hey, man, everything is set for y'all. Y'all got to do it. Just keep running. Don't stop running. And so they kept running. And so they're doing good. And they asked me to come in and they made me the vice president now of Dog Pound Championship Wrestling. Hell yeah. Plus, plus we are affiliated with TSW Plus Network. And that's going to be a big wrestling company, too. So I'm going to be basically running both of those companies. And so we're just we're just rolling right along, man. And I thank God, you know, I'm being blessed every day. And so if I can make Dog Pound successful, then that's what I'm going to do. So Tony's been right there with me, too, all for the whole ride. And uh, he'll tell you, you know, I used to sit down with him and I'll tell Tony, here's this idea. I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And I put it out there and it also, and I, I get back with Tony and I said, come on, watch this, watch this. And it all worked, man. It was just great. And just to have a friend like Tony Snow was, was absolutely great. He helped me out a lot. Yeah, I've, I've known Tony for a few years and, uh, it, and, and this was before our, our affinity for pro wrestling was even shared and the pro wrestling aspect of, of the situation has actually uh, brought us even closer as evidenced by him being, you know, a part of the show and also part of this uh, this interview. And uh, so we, we we refer to him as salt of the earth, if you will, and very talented individual he is, man. Um, that definitely thankful to have him around in the circle and everybody can have a friend like Tony Snow. That's for damn sure. And we also yeah, said man. that you cannot ban the snowman. You cannot ban the snowman. That has also been stated. Well, I also named him Tony Snowflake. We're good. That was a lot of tequila that night. <laughs> a lot of tequila. Oh, but, man. Here, man. I, I appreciate y'all. And Teddy, I'll say it publicly, man. You know, you changed my life. You're the big brother I never had. So. You know, we're riding until the casket drops and then afterwards, bro. So thank you for coming on today with these guys, man. They're family now, too, and I appreciate you, bro. Hey, man, no problem, man. Thank you guys for having me, and I want to let you guys know, you know, a podcast, a lot of them I don't do. And the reason I don't do them, because the last one I did with some idiot, I don't, I forget what it was, but he done <laughs> twisted all my words up and said that I said that Ahmed Johnson was an idiot and all that. I didn't even never, I never even met Ahmed Johnson. You know what I mean? So I ain't never say nothing like that. I That's remember, uh, you know, and so then the next thing I know is I'm, I'm, I'm getting threats, you know, from people about what they're going to do to me about talking. I said, okay, I know what to do. Leave these podcasts alone. Because I find out some of these guys on these podcasts, they're just in it for themselves. They don't give a shit about me or nothing. They just want to get people to listen or do shit and i found them out so you guys are not like that you guys are the real deal and i will come on this podcast anytime you guys ask me and thank you so much for having me on today well you say that now to, uh, teddy but uh no better than that so, teddy you say that now but i, I will remix the hell out this damn interview and give you some new shit to talk about <laughs> no i'm just playing i'm just playing i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, of that's wood right, just his. You know, I'm doing a lot of things now. You know, I'd like to come back and talk to you because you know what we got going now. You know, we're trying to get Dog Pound, you know, off the ground and TSW. And so we, you know, there's going to be some stuff to talk about because we're going to build this company and a lot of things are going to be happening. And so I'll be talking about this stuff and all this is going to be happening in the Texas area. So I'm pretty sure the people will want to know. Hey, listen, and, and I Absolutely. say that, I, and I say this in all seriousness, the door is open. If you want to come in just to talk shit about me or to me or about us <laughs> or to us, we're here for that, man. We family. So like, like I said, the door is open. You and Anytime you got anything you want to talk about, man, you, you come on here to Broken Pencil, we got you. 
You well, what I'd like to really do, what I'd like to really do is, I don't know where you guys are located at, but if I'm close around, I'd really like to come in and do it live with you. I'm we're in the Metroplex, man. Absolutely. All you gotta do is say the word. You you come here, let us know when we can do it. We'll set, we'll come set up and we'll make it happen for you. Well, why? Well, well, let's well, let's try to work something out uh, during the the, the uh, during uh, March and April around that yeah. WrestleCon and WrestleMania time. You know that may be a good time to come in because I'll be a part of a lot of stuff that you know during April, March, and April. Well, we're we're trying to we're trying to map that out ourselves. We know that there is a uh, as of right now. I think I counted over 120 hours of wrestling, not including Mania. And we'll be damned if we'll be party to the 105,000 people Petri dish that is uh, Jerry World in Arlington. So we're we looking mean, for something we safer. Suite, <laughs> we a, if we can find a suite, we might. Hey, that's the move right there. We need a suite and then we'll have Teddy come do the podcast in the suite. Well, yeah, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of guys that you set up there with that podcast. So it might not be a bad idea for you guys to try to get hooked up there. Hey, yeah. don't, hey, we 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 we're here. We're on it. We're ready for it. Right. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the brain wheels are moving. But well, if you guys do set up some booth or whatever, I'll be happy to come over and talk to you live. That'll work, Absolutely. man. You, you just so just, just know that during the season you will see us once again because uh, you know this this pandemic is getting out of control. But we we've been marked safe and we're going to continue to be marked safe and we will continue to see you healthy and marked safe as well. So that's what we're here for, man. Hey Thank man, well, we, we just put our trust in the good Lord and he'll take care of us, man. That's all we got to do. All Absolutely. the time. Yes, Thank sir. You for join- Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your contributions to the business. Thank you for for all of the kind words that you've ever shared to us. Thank you for us. thank you for letting us be players. Um, <laughs> hey man, I I just thank y'all for what you're doing because if you can recall back in the day, you know that what you guys are doing now wasn't no place for us. You know what I mean? So we we me y'all and all that we've come a long way. We've got a platform now and we have to use it. Yeah, and I was trying to find it, man. I, I, it's somewhere around here, but I was trying to find it. You you respectfully declined us. When you you had to quote unquote when you had to, and this is the first opportunity we've had to actually uh, to get you on post haste, and you jumped at it, and I mean that that speaks volumes, man. Uh, a lot of people won't do that. Some people are asking for way more than just a, just a word, but man, I just you know anybody that has a bad word to say about you, fuck them. <laughs> Bottom line, like I said. Know anybody that has a bad word, then that's just a hater because I never mistreated anybody in the wrestling business. Anybody in the wrestling oh. business, I've always tried to help them. And anybody that knows me, Please. they'll tell you that nobody never had a bad word to say about me but the races and the haters. You know, we got them. So, you know, I don't worry about them because they don't, they don't, they don't feed me. Check this out. I, I think we have it here. Hold on one second. Hey, what's going on, players? This is Teddy Long. Uh, just calling you. Thank you very much for your post. Uh, I have that legend deal with WWE, so they won't let me do any podcast. So I just wanted to let you know I'm not able to do that. But uh, like I said, man, I appreciate everything you guys doing, and uh, you know, keep up the good work. And thank you very much. Ah, that, there it is, right there. That's the one. Don't right. worry that that's going to be edited down. But yeah, that's that was the one right there. What a class act! Well, look at that. Well, like I said, I don't have to worry about that no more. I'm a free man, so I can do anything I want. <laughs> yes, indeed, and we are thankful yes, for sir. it, man. Oh, uh, hey, right. Teddy, go, uh, go, go, take care of the loved one. Uh, we we send our love and our regards your way, and uh, we will see you here in the very near future, my man. 
All right, man. And thank you guys once again for having me. And I wish you guys a whole lot of success. And I know it's going to happen for you because y'all are the real deal and you plan on making everything work. So you guys are going to be good. Don't worry about it, man. And I, like I said, in the future, I'll certainly be coming on talking to you guys again. All right, Teddy. Thank you very much, sir. Enjoy thank the rest of your day. Well, and uh, happy Black History Month. Hey, <laughs> Well, let, let me say this to Tony Snow. Let the Black History Month, let me say Black History Month to Tony Snow because a lot of people see Tony Snow, he looks white, but he's really black. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's just albino. <laughs> hey, don't be telling my well, secrets, Teddy. Okay, well, I'm sorry, Tony, but I just got to let him know you are a black man. <laughs> hey, it's a ploy. I got I to gotta look white to lure the women in. I don't want to scare them. Oh, all. yo. <laughs> Wow. Once I drop trout, it's over with. No, the, no, the truth comes <laughs> out, literally. Oh, man. <laughs> now, that, that, now that's a holla, holla, holla moment right there. My man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You guys should be safe today and, you know, and take care of yourselves. And thank you once again for having me, man. And I love y'all to death. And thank we love you. you too, Teddy, man. Thank Absolutely. you, brother. Absolutely. That love is mutual. Thank you so much. That's All right. Great.